You're listening to Berlin Psychoanalytic Podcast. In this episode, we're joined by Dr. Alexander Dimitrievich, who discusses the term of countertransference. Countertransference is one of the most important topics in contemporary psychoanalysis, but it was not always like that. The concept was first introduced by Freud in 1910, and at that time countertransference was understood as an enemy to the psychoanalyst in the psychoanalytic treatment. The concept was considered to be an analogy of the transference that the patient feels for the analyst. So those would be all of the unconscious emotions, reactions, fantasies in the analyst while doing the treatment. At this time, Freud was very concerned that the reputation of psychoanalysis could be completely destroyed by several occasions when some of his most important, his closest collaborators, got involved in romantic or sexual relationships with their female patients. So in order to preserve the reputation of psychoanalysis, Freud published a series of so-called technical papers, which in a very conservative fashion limited what psychoanalysts are supposed to do and what they by no chance should do. It was considered back then that if a psychoanalyst undergoes a very detailed personal analysis, that will clean that person so that he or she could work as a perfect mirror for the patient. This cleaning, this personal analysis in Freud's time usually took two to three months and many people traveled from around the globe to Vienna to be analyzed by Freud, who worked with them twice a day for six days a week so that they can get as much as possible in the short period. Between 1910 and the end of the World War II, there are basically no papers on countertransference in the world of psychoanalysis. The change will come after the World War II with two very specific papers, one written by Donald Winnicott about the hate in countertransference and another one written by Paula Hyman. Those papers initiated the period when psychoanalysts started thinking that countertransference was the most useful tool they could have. Psychoanalysts in this period, between 1950 and then probably the end of the last century, thought that understanding their unconscious reactions would tell them what the patient felt or needed at that moment. The basic explanation for this very usually was the mechanism of projective identification, especially in the Kleinian tradition, where psychoanalysts believed that there was a way for the patient to somehow evacuate parts of his or her personality, of his or herself, into the analyst. So the analyst is stirred up and feels something unusual is going on and should be able to recognize and name this experience, and then interpret or communicate it to the patient. So, in that way, countertransference becomes a very useful tool. Simply being smart, being cognitive, thinking about the patient was not considered to be enough anymore. We had to be introspective in order to be empathetic. Over the last couple of decades, the third 
different understanding of countertransference develops inside what is called intersubjectivity theory. So more and more psychoanalysts believe that whatever is going on in the analytic space is a product of two subjectivities, of two persons. The noun probably does not exist in plural in English, but two unconsciousnesses. That the analyst and the patient build something together and both are part of it all the time. One of the most important representatives of this tradition, Donna Orange, does not use the term countertransference anymore, or transference for that matter, but she says co-transference. So something built together in a collaboration between two persons who are involved in the analytic uh, treatment. This means not only that we have to be introspective, we knew that for several decades before, but this means we have to be very open for direct communication and disclosure with the patient, sharing what we feel, which fantasies come to our mind, what we are uncertain of, what happened in our dreams last night, and so on. Whichever tradition psychoanalysts in the English-speaking world, let me, let me put it like that, follow nowadays, countertransference for most of them is the basic tool of their work with patients. I hope in future videos we will return to clinical applications and possibly even to examples. Thank you for listening. For more content, subscribe to our podcast or find us on our YouTube channel. Psychoanalysis should be free.